0: Hey everyone, we are back for our 2023 season. This is KBD Radio, I'm Autumn Magar, and this week I have the pleasure of chatting with both Julie Leverett and Eddie Leverett Jr. of 111 Limited. Now to kick off this episode, why don't you both tell us a bit about how you got to where you are today, you know, what led you to design, and accessible design specifically.
1: Well, it's uh, to make a long story short, I am a third generation contractor, Yeah, so I was just born and raised and lived my whole life around it, what led to the universal design and trying to be uh, more accessible is that in my youth and into my late 20s, I rode off-road motorcycles and I had broken my legs a couple times. That put me in a wheelchair for quite a while. So, you know, being in a wheelchair kind of just really gives you a different perspective on life. And uh, the thing that was different about it was just, uh, you know, through through college, we did have ADA compliance classes and stuff like that, and you'd spend time in a wheelchair, but in the back of your mind, you always knew that you were going to get out of it. But, you know, the two times that I was in, I was in for a long time and didn't know when I would be out of it. And, you know, unfortunately, I lived in just a typical – house that wasn't accommodating by any means from just its original build fortunately for me I had you know family members and employees that could quickly turn my house around and make it accessible and and work for me you know maybe not the the nicest aesthetics and stuff like that but, but at least at least it worked the uh yeah yeah and but one of the things that, that over the course of my injuries and being in a wheelchair and, and being around other people that were injured too, I think your mindset has a lot to do with your recovery. And I truly believe that the more positive things that you have around you, whether it's the people around you, the doctors treating you or the household that you live in, I think if, if it's efficient and can work for you in those Trying times it keeps you in a a better mindset so so our our idea is just you know there's so many things that happen whether it's disease age accidents where you just never know when life will throw you a curve and and i think in the recovery process it's important to be optimistic all of the time and and one of the parts of that is just your day living routine and and when you're in a position to where you rely on people to just do everything for you it's you know and being real dependent it it wears on your mind and you just feel like a burden and you know it just it brings you into a, a a darker place and and that's not really good for recovery or your mindset or you know moving forward the way that you need to be so you know, I think having a house designed to where it's aesthetically pleasing and doesn't really look institutional and can look nice and be something that you're proud of and offer independence on a whole new level, no matter what your disability or or what your, you know, lifestyle is like, it goes a long ways and it just starts with the way that you think and, you know, I'm just glad at this time. In, in construction, there just seems to be you know a lot more innovating products and, and a lot more thought into those kind of designs and you know it goes goes a long ways and and customers appreciate it and I know people that you know have injuries or illness really appreciate being able to you know do things that they hadn't done in years because of you know innovations in design that help with you know moving, moving along like that
2: yeah for me uh universal design is something new to my life within the last eight years Mm -hmm. I was a caregiver for a friend and at that time and through that journey um I figured out what was needed and what wasn't needed and what could help and what didn't help at all and um through the caregiving process kind of learned by trial and error of what, you know, even the term universal design uh, is. And, you know, it's just making spaces accessible for all people, not just, you know, able-bodied, but um, those with limited mobility. And so through that process of caregiving, Um, I learned a lot in a short amount of time and then, um, we started our business with an emphasis in universal design, um, because the combination of, of myself and then Eddie with his, um, you know, trials, then we decided we can come at it from both ways, one from a caregiver's perspective and then one from, you know, an actual person who, uh, reap the benefits of universal design. So, so we have empathy and sympathy.
0: So it's a space that's like truly livable for everyone.
2: Yep. Yep. Totally. And and beyond, you know,
0: I'm curious uh, what are some of the, you know, kind of the small thoughtful touches that make a design truly universal in your experience?
2: Well, uh,
1: one of the, uh, the great stories that, that I think we have is one of the homes we did You know, and and we do it with all homes in regards to people with disabilities or special needs is, you know, we developed a home for someone with ALS. And Mm -hmm. through that process of construction, they lived out of state and we, you know, we worked on their home, communicated with FaceTime and things like that. But on site, we had a wheelchair so we could FaceTime and go through all of the motions that he would go through and what a caregiver would go through. And and we would run through those to just make sure that we hit every point as accurate as we can, whether right. it was cabinet heights, cabinet options, uh, you know, layout of the bathroom, valve locations in the shower, the way the doors operated and just the room and how a caregiver would take care of them and just how he would operate himself. So I think that level of, you know, service to someone, I think stands out, you know, a little more than just average. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the reasons we go to that extent is because, you know, I, I've been there and I've been in a wheelchair and I've been depressed about my situation and my injuries and just, you know, the outlook on life was a little bit tough in recovery. And I, I know how much it's truly appreciated when you get some independence back and, and something to look forward to and, and you can, you know, really focus on being proud and accepting what's, what your, your cards are and just move forward the way that you need to in a good mindset.
0: Right. Right. And it's, you know, just figuring out how you're meant to exist in that space, not just in theory, I think is really wonderful
1: there's a lot of universal design products that are just like, like general and you can throw them in a house, whatever. And, yeah. You know, there's certain standards, just like grab bars. There's there's a certain height that you have those, but we go to the extent of having the customer in there and see, like, it, you know, if they're short or tall. There's a big difference between where they get leverage on their hands or arms and the way that they can push off of those bars or whatever they need help. So, I mean, we we go through those motions. We don't just throw things at an industry standard height or or yeah. level. We just really try to fit you know, custom fit everything as, as precisely as we can.
0: Yeah. All bodies are different. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm kind of wondering what misconceptions about universal design have you encountered and, and kind of, how have you taken to addressing those misconceptions?
1: Uh, you know, for the longest time, I think people just thought that it was more expensive, just trying to get specialty one-off items for, you know whether it's a, a grab bar you know cuz they make grab bars that are pretty decorative and 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 double as like a towel bar or a valve right you know trim or something like that and 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 the prices of those things have you know kind of adjusted themselves to where it it it's competitive in the market and you know i think for the longest time just because like zero edge showers weren't very common and not really an industry standard or all of the Cabinet accessories weren't really an industry standard. You know, in the last 10 or 12 years, those things have become really consistent in a lot of homes. Right. To where beforehand, I think everyone thought that they were super custom, more expensive to do. But, but really, it's just kind of changing your mindset and changing your scope of work. You know, showers, for instance, have always been, for the last 40 or 50 years, thrown in with a curb, waterproofing. Yeah. Shower, shower, door, blah, blah, blah. That's it. You know, it's simple. You can do a million a year and, and that will be good, <laughs> you know, to where it's a, a little bit, you know, just a different scope of work for a, a curbless shower, but it's not necessarily more expensive. if it's, it's prepped right from the beginning. And, you know, that's part of just what we do. And it's become commonplace for us to where it's, you know, close to the same cost either way we go but just so much nicer with with a zero-edge curb as opposed to a curb. And, and you know, we do that when we engage with customers. We try to go that direction, too, because it's just a little bit nicer. Even if they're a younger, healthier couple, right. it's like you just, you know, you you never know. And someday you'll appreciate it. Like, you know, the day I came home, I couldn't use 80% of my house. and And little tweaks would have helped me a long a long way and it's like I never anticipated being hurt. Mm-hmm. And we've had customers, you know, that have injuries from car accidents or whatever and, and end up just having to live in their home six months, nine months, a year. Yeah. In, in such a different environment, you know, that's really, really taxing on the mind and just your whole life. And if if your house is kind of set up that as, as a standard, you know, you're, you're, you're good for anything. Or even if you have to have, you know, if you have to have parents move in with you or Mm -hmm. older parents, or, you know, even sometimes it's children that are, are born with, you know, issues that require special needs. And it's just nicer if you have things like that. It's, you know, you have retirement communities trying to cater to, you know, elderly with some good finishes and some good ideas, but they're really kind of just standard and plain and not always the most effective. But, you know, I I think more and more homes should be designed to where they don't discriminate against people with, you know, just different abilities
0: or disabilities. Like it's a value add ultimately.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And well, and, 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 and
1: again, it's like, you know, this generation is, is a little bit different than, you know, my generation or my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation. But if you did decide to live out your whole life in your home, it's equipped from the get-go. Yeah. Like someone in their 30s buys their home and they keep it till, you know, they pass or whatever and, and it works for them. They never have to do anything down the road, it's accommodating the whole time and they don't have to worry about the expense of renovating or, you know, crossing that bridge when they need to. Yeah. It's just and, ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and with that said, part of the, uh, universal design and the age in place years ago with my grandparents, you know, one injuring a hip and just getting older collectively, with the family, we kind of, you know, renovated their home to accommodate them living the rest of their life in their house, which was a a great thing. Mm-hmm. And and part of what drove that was in the the 90s, we had built and some done some like retirement communities that had the, you know, the uh, retirement community, the assisted living, and then the hospice areas. And you know, my grandpa was still visiting the sites back then. And really kind of curious what was going on. And at one point he's just like, he didn't like the idea that you move into a retirement community and then, you know, you get friends, whatever, then so-and-so moves to assisted living and then hospice. It's like you're moving to the point of your last three steps of life and you're surrounded by people basically taking those last three steps of their life. And, you know, he's like, he just, he just was like, I don't ever want to go into one of those. Sure. And, yeah. you, know, and, and you know, I agreed with him because they, they, they're good for some people, but not for everyone. And if you have the chance to just stay in your home that you've lived in and raised your kids and, and had grandkids there and thousands of memories, you know, it's a lot nicer to just live your whole life there than to be moved around to all of these places that you need help and, and just are kind of, you know, in, in some societies forced to kind of do because you can't accommodate yourself at home.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, if it's beautiful and feels like a place you want to be and want to live in, so much the better.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it's – it's uh, I think it's just – it it never really – if it's a long-standing home that you've lived in, like my grandparents, for instance, it's like for 30 years, family just always knew that house was there. Yeah. Visitation, holidays, everything that was a cycle that never had to be disrupted to where when I did do the retirement communities, you know, parents would move in there and slowly their communication and their visits with their kids and grandkids would be less and less. Yeah. And it was kind of an unfortunate thing. Like, I, I'd talk to people and say, oh, I have not seen my son in nine months. And be like, you know, he's busy and we're kind of far away from everything that used to be, you know, our routines and stuff. And it was, you know, it was the downside of the retirement communities. You know, like I said, they're good for some people, but not, not everybody. And Yeah. It's, it's nice to have the option to do something other than that.
0: Yeah, just continue with life uninterrupted. Yeah. Now, I'm curious, uh, what recent innovations in universal design have have you been most excited about?
1: Uh, I think I like that, you know, cabinets and all of their inserts and all of their accessories have just become so much more available Mm -hmm. nowadays. And and they're really innovative as far as pullouts for the upper cabinets, the way things pull out on the lower cabinets and just the way that you can set up kitchens to really, you know, accommodate more independence for someone with limited ability. And then just, you know, I think, uh, you know, more commonplace with the zero edge showers Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I do like that there's, I'm not sure exactly how long the company has been around, but there's a company called Best Bath that kind of does retrofit zero edge showers and they just take out a tub and put this, basically a zero edge. It has like a three-quarter threshold or whatever, but they're a really cost effective move and and a a nice feature for someone on a tight budget to be able to get an accessible shower. I see those, you know, more and more, which are are nice for people who need it, but don't have a lot of money to accommodate, you know, something extravagant. So that's really nice. And I think just the availability of more things is what we really appreciate because you know I think so many people when you talk about it at first their mind goes to an institutionalized Mm -hmm. house that seems like a hospital or, or a caregiving facility or something like that not really a home and we want we want them to have a home that they can appreciate and be proud of and Really enjoy.
0: Yeah. Be excited to live in and show off and have company at. Yeah.
1: yeah. And
2: that works for them so that they're not reminded yeah. daily and hourly of their limitations. It works for them so they actually don't have limitations in the home because it's built specifically to the need.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. you know, if it can be more financially accessible, the more products become available, I mean, that's fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm.
0: Just back to you guys. Um, I'm curious, what makes your working partnership a successful one? You know, how do you balance your working relationship and your personal relationship successfully?
1: Well, one, I think you know, with both of us being in the positions that we were in—her with, with caregiving, and then me with injuries—it's it, a real passion to make sure that our homes are everything our customer wants and needs, Yeah. you know, try to, try to set beyond expectations. And then as far as like, just, you know, we're pretty good at, at separating the work life and our personal life. We turn our, you know, our phones off at a certain time. If something's Mm -hmm. super important after hours, we'll address it if we need, we're good about making sure that we have our weekends and our time off to ourselves and then that just kind of like gives us a break and then resets us for when the week starts again, that we're just really ready to go and, and work and do the best that we can for everyone that we work with. And, you know, our, our weeks are pretty, pretty intense. It's just the two of us running everything. So it's, you know, from when the sun comes up till the sun goes down, we, you know, we run and, once nighttime comes, we respect the time for ourselves and, you know, the weekend's the same. We make sure that we don't lose track of our hobbies and our time to experience life because being injured, mm-hmm. one, and, and then being a caregiver, you know, for someone that has just a terminal illness, it's, you're never guaranteed tomorrow. So it's, you know, we remember that every day that we wake up and we make the most out of it for our customers and our company and the same for ourselves. Absolutely. And, 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 we have, we have pretty different roles. Also, I, I do, you know, a lot of the technical designs and make sure what our ideas, we collectively work on the ideas. I make sure that the products can work I'll look at specs and, yeah. you know, really work the details out to make sure what is constructed is the best that it can be and offers the most that it can be. And then Julia is just really great at communicating and, and being a spokesperson for the company. She has a, a great personality, a great smile. I'm more of like a monotone and just, to the point person and, and she's just infectious and, and, and happy. And I'm sure everyone enjoys her conversations more than, more than mine, just because (laughs) there's just such, such her, you can see her, her excitement in her gestures and her smile and the inflection in her voice. And I'm just, You know, I was just born monotone and to the point and and just like go along and do my work. And and I don't, you know, I can carry on a long conversation, but I don't, I listen a lot and talk a little. She she listens a lot and and can talk and communicate a lot Mm -hmm. and and is just really good at that part of the job. So, you know, that, that lets her do her thing and then I do my thing.
2: I'm yeah, I'm I mean I'm basically the the homeowners you know friend, ally. I communicate everything in layman terms so that they can understand it so that the projects aren't, you know, as overwhelming as they really are. And then that way it keeps the stress down with them, the stress down with yeah. us because they have all of the, you know, accurate information and not so much of the technical information. And, um, you know, prior to to me doing this and then caregiving, I was in hospitality and food and beverage for most of my life. So it comes naturally to me to, you know, make sure that all parts are moving and that, you know, things are flowing properly and that everybody has what they need to move forward, whether it be the homeowner, whether, you know, Eddie needs information, whether, you know, the schedule needs tweaking or we need to talk to the subcontractors. I'm kind of the liaison between all of that back of the house type of stuff that goes on so that, you know, uh, Eddie's focus could be on the actual building and making sure that, you know, the plumbing is going to work. So so yeah. it it's kind of, it's a nice combination and I think it works well mostly for the homeowner because we advocate for them but then we also are huge proponents of this being a fun experience. I yeah. mean, you're getting, you know, a whole new home or your home is going to accommodate you or you can be proud of it if you spend the most time in it, but it's a scary process if you don't have somebody advocating for you and then it's a confusing process and then obviously there's you know horror stories out there (laughs) so we we really go into it saying it doesn't have to be a negative experience it's supposed to be a positive experience and I think we do a super great job of making it that way and then at the end of the process all of the homeowners I mean, we can call any one of them right now and, and say, hey, you want to go to dinner tonight? Or, you know, we have super good relationships with them that are long term. All, You know, we're in their home for a while, so yeah. we've become very close. But we really um, appreciate the relationships and the bonds that we've made through the process in you know changing their lives for the better, but at the same time making making our lives you know equally as benefited from the process.
1: So and the cool thing about that effort, like she says, just being on a different level with the homeowners, I don't think a majority of contractors have experienced things like, you know, we have had customers take us to dinner to celebrate the finish of their product. We've had homeowners old housewarming parties, block parties to, you know, showcase what their renovation was and to introduce us to the neighbors, you know, That's things like so that, cool. that are Make really up, appreciate yeah. us, really appreciated by us because then it's a great relationship, you know, knowing that, that one, we've appreciated their business and them trusting us to do something. And then, you know, they, they trust us and then they show their appreciation, you know, on top of just paying us to do our work, go outside to, to do these extra gestures for us, which is super nice. And, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the great benefits about being a a small company and being as personable as we can be is that, you know, you've changed someone's life and they, they appreciate it and they have the home and, and you can't really put a price on that. And, we really appreciate the experiences we've had over the years.
0: Yeah, you can't buy those kinds of complementary skill sets for sure. Well, listen, I've really enjoyed talking with the both of you today. It's been such a pleasure.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: KBD Radio is hosted and produced by Autumn McGar with music by David Ayala. For more information about kitchen and bath design news, please visit our website at kitchenbathdesign.com.